0: What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Enda Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam.
1: Welcome to another episode of Miss Enda Podcast. I am Jeremy.
0: And I am Pam, and we're so happy to have you here today.
1: Yes, uh, we're recording this uh, a day after our trailer episode. First went live, and the response has been really, really great. And that was a six-minute trailer, so I'm very excited to see what the response is going to be once the full podcast episodes start going up.
0: I'm so excited. We've already had people being like, I want to be on, I want to be a like a, a guest on here, and you know what? We're definitely going to have some fans on here, so keep listening, oh, sure. and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know what we need from you when etc etc but yeah it's been so cool seeing all the excitement from everyone because um, we you know we're just two fans but this is like such a big passion project for us and yeah. the fact that we've had such positive response it just means the world to us
1: you hit it on the head we're definitely gonna be getting fans involved in fact uh, at the end of this episode, we'll give you all the details on uh, how you can contact us and uh, what we're looking for to hear from fans, because uh, in the coming weeks, we are definitely going to start getting more fans involved. Uh, we wanted to sort of get our our sea legs about us, so to speak, uh, to get started here. But uh, in doing so, I am so excited for this week's episode, because when Pam and I sat down and started talking about what we wanted to do and how this podcast was going to look. This was one of the very first things that we had on our list yes. was to do album breakdowns. And when we say breakdown, we don't mean like, oh, yeah, we just talk a little bit about the record and, you know, give our opinions on songs. Oh, no. Like we're going <laughs> so deep into this album. Even the hardest of hardcore fans are going to be like, yes, I didn't know. Yes, that. <laughs> Yeah.
0: There's already stuff that Jeremy's spoken about me privately that I'm like, huh, who knew?
1: (laughs) He's going (laughs) to give us all. all an
0: Yeah, you're going to give us all a big education.
1: Now, before we get into our breakdown of thankful, let's get you caught up on some of the latest Kelly news. Uh, It was late in the week when Kelly started to be seen in some clips from the Today Show, uh, which are uh, as we're recording this, they're actually set to air a day from now and then on Monday as well. But she is already teasing a new album, uh, which I think kind of took us by surprise. Am I not? Am I mistaken in that, Pam?
0: She had said previously, uh, I feel earlier this year, that she was working on an album that was a, I believe a, she said like a baby or like a crossover of Stronger and Breakaway. But we didn't really know any, any details about that. And I don't know if it was something that she was working on very deeply or something that she was working on sporadically. But she said this is her most personal album yet, which is very interesting to hear. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And she also mentioned about how this album is going to talk a lot about relationships and from their beginnings to their endings, which, of course, um, you know, without going too deep into her personal life and mean we all kind of know what that means. And so it sounds like we're going to have like you like you said and like she said, you know, some very, very personal stuff is going to be on this album. I appreciate and am excited about her saying that it's sort of a hybrid between Stronger and Breakaway because, uh, and I think she's probably talking about the emotion levels of those albums, but, uh, I mean, look, two of her best albums have a baby. Okay, yeah, let's <laughs> let's absolutely have that record because that's the one we need right now. Um, but I'm excited for this news. I'm excited for her talking about it. She said in the the Today Show clip that She's been listening to mixes from the album. So it sounds like and Pam, you can jump in because you've you've had the experience with artists uh, making albums and kind of the process of what comes when. Uh, If you're listening to mixes, that means that probably a good majority, if not all of the record is recorded. Now you're just listening to different sort of massages of songs Uh, They're trying to figure out exactly what the sounds are going to be for some of the songs. And so the record may be actually pretty far down the pipeline. And now we're just waiting for her to sign off on the final versions of songs. Then they're going to put them together. And then you start with the sort of the release process. Uh,
0: Obviously, it's going to vary for every artist. And um, most of my artists that I work with probably don't have nearly as big of a production as she does. But this is a good sign. This means that, you know, she's probably past the demo stage and that means that they have brought the bands in they've actually have brought some of the supplemental uh instruments in um not just your basic guitar piano um they may have brought like strings in and you know more drums and stuff like that this is a good sign i'm not saying we're getting the album right away but i mean we'll have to play it by ear as far as the talk show goes and the voice but there is a chance we could Get a 2021 album. I don't want to, you know, spread rumors. This is just my mm-hmm. opinion that um, with this current timeline, I could easily see a uh, late 2021 album. I would not be surprised.
1: You really think it would be that late?
0: I mean, at the latest. I don't want to tell people, oh, it's coming out in February. I yeah. think realis- I think realistically the earliest it would probably come out is uh, maybe the spring. Okay. That's my opinion on this. Plus, we kind of have to see what's going on with Lake Vegas.
1: So you're not thinking that we're going to get kind of a, a folklore thing where all of a sudden we get an album dropped on us that was that only took about three months to record?
0: You know, if Kelly wasn't doing anything except for the album, I would say maybe. But I think because she has multiple jobs and multiple children, I I don't know. Would I love that? Of course. I mean, absolutely. I'd love a surprise Kelly album in my Spotify one day.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs>
0: Realistically, I'm not sure. I mean, we, we could get a, a single um, in the winter. That would be great. But um, album wise, I'm not sure it's, you know, just speaking from Kelly's past experience, usually she likes to kind of I don't want to say drag things along, but she spaces stuff out.
1: She's deliberate with what she does. And, you know, the the team at Atlantic is is are no dummies. They know what they're doing. They know how to to properly roll out an album. Um, And look, if it's anything like the rollout of Meaning of Life, uh, I think that this is going to be another good rollout. Uh, Obviously, we're speculating about so much stuff because we've literally been given a 60-second clip at this point when we're recording about a new album. Uh, So we'll have to obviously wait for more information, but uh, signs are promising. Now, also, she was uh, recently on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and uh, got to have some fun on that show.
0: Yeah, so she did one of her famous uh, sing-alongs with Jimmy, which I always find to be so entertaining and she did a couple of songs. Basically, she was given some lyrics to a song, and then she was given the melody to a different song. So, for example, she sang Ironic by Aladdis Marset to the tune of Africa by Toto slash Weezer. And it was amazing because she did the yodeling and all the different inflate, um. I can't think of the word, different vocal stuff that um, Alanis does. And she sounded so perfect. And Jimmy That's was awesome. like literally like almost on the floor laughing. And then she also did, <laughs> I think she did, she did I'm, I'm Too Sexy to I think a BTS song that I didn't know. Um, and then they duetted on Yummy by Justin Bieber. And my God, what was the song? I think they did it to, oh, Semi" sonic Closing Time. Oh, funny. It was awesome. So that was part one. And I was like, is that all they're doing? And then Jimmy was like, all right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Kelly. And I'm like, excellent. Um, Good. So, yeah, she was talking about, um, you know, how this year was not how she planned, as everyone could say. Um, You know, motherhood right now, taping her show and how weird it is. But also cool. She's able to actually hear the contestants on The Voice more now because there's no audience, like, cheering on. So she's like, I can actually hear their voices, bitch, um, which is cool. And, uh, oh, and the fun story about how she found out she won the uh, the Daytime Emmy. She had basically turned off her phone. She turned off her laptop, everything, and was just playing with her kids, playing, doing Legos, I think. Jeremy, you would like that? Yes. <laughs> um, And then all of a sudden, her producer called her and was like, Kelly, you're such a great host. Like, I'm so proud of you. And Kelly thought this was just out of the blue. So she's like, thank you so much. I'm going to cry right now. You know, just hearing this so randomly, like, made my day. And the producer's like, well, you won an Emmy. She's like, what? I won an Emmy? (laughs) So she's like, oh, oops, I forgot to turn it on. Um,
1: Classic Kelly, by the way.
0: Classic Kelly. I remember like one year, this is probably like a decade ago when she I don't know if she won a Grammy or was or was nominated. She was in Europe like on tour and then like she had like her whole crew like knock on her door at like four a.m. being like you're nominated for a Grammy and Kelly's like, Oh, awesome. Whoa. She was half asleep. It is so on brand for her.
1: Well, and when she got nominated, I think it was the very first time she got nominated for a Grammy um for Thankful. She was literally on the phone with a radio station doing an interview and her assistant came in and it was like, you're nominated for like, it was like best pop vocal and all this other stuff and, you know, kind of ambushed her there too. So this is sort of a theme with her career where other people have to tell her when she's nominated or when she wins major uh, life accomplishments.
0: It keeps her humble because she's not the kind of person who's going to be like, sitting around waiting and then, like, refreshing her, uh, you know, the Grammy website every five minutes to see, oh, am I nominated? Am I nominated? You know? She's like, oh, I actually legitimately forget about these things. So, um, hey, you know what? That's why we love her.
1: Well, it looks like we've got big news still to come, so we will keep our eye on it. That is some Kelly news. All right, so... We're going to start it off with our our album breakdown. We are going to go through this entire album track by track. We are going to go into unreleased songs. We're going to be talking about the nitty gritty of each of the songs. And then, of course, throughout, Pam and I will give our hot takes on the album itself. And like I said before, there's going to be some controversial opinions and probably some (laughs) disagreements, some discord. It's going to be great. It's great. I'm excited. Off we go. Thankful was released on April 15th, 2003. Copy uh, tax mentioned day. This in a, yes, exactly. Uh, we mentioned this <laughs> in a previous podcast that, uh, that this album was actually meant to come out in November of 2002, which would have been just a couple of months after Kelly won American Idol season one. However, there were a lot of factors as to why the album didn't get released in that time frame. And you might be asking, well, what could have possibly been? Well, we know. Um, First and foremost, the process when it comes to selecting songs for an album is actually a very arduous process uh, for both singers who don't necessarily write all of their own material and also for uh, singers who are writing their own material. Plus they also had the American idols tour that was going on. And I don't recall at the top of my head how long that tour was, but expecting an album to come out three months after you win the show. And it's just not going to happen.
0: You know, speaking I've worked on a couple of artist album releases just with my job And, you know, it's one thing if the artist already has a ton of songs written, but the fact that she was off of a TV show had, I mean, she probably, she wrote some music on her own, but essentially was a brand new artist and had nothing. You can't just expect her to automatically have a bunch of songs ready, record it, and and not only, you know, record her vocals, have all the instruments, have it mixed, have it mastered, Mm -hmm. and then have the record label actually come up with a huge marketing plan and... Release plan at a time when physical product was a huge deal. Um, streaming yep. was not even a question. iTunes wasn't a thing, so you really had to do the in person promo, a whole you know whole press tour. It was impossible, absolutely yep. impossible to do that in two months, especially when she was also just riding off of the hey, I just won American Idol, and doing all the press just for that alone. That alone is like a month. So exactly, it was impossible. I'm glad they realized that.
1: Yeah, so either way, the album comes out on April 15th, uh, the following year. The first two singles, uh, Before Your Love and A Moment Like This, were released pretty much the week that the finale happened. Yeah. So they had actually been out for seven to eight months before uh, the album actually came out. Uh, But when it did come out, uh, it did debut at number one. It sold 297,000 copies in its first week. And that's an important fact for a couple things. First of all, it's the first of three of Kelly's albums that debuts at number one. That's an important thing to, to remark. And she actually found out that the album debuted at number one while she was on the set for the miss independent video.
0: That's right.
1: That's yes. Right. Yeah. She, her, uh, her label. Yeah. Her label sent her flowers and gave her the good news that the album had hit number one. And The other big thing that's important to to understand is that 297,000 copies, to some may not think that that's a very big number, but in 2003, that was actually a a significant number, even still when, like Pam said before, physical copies were everything. If an artist were to sell 297,000 copies of a record today, it would be among the best selling albums of the year by far.
0: Yeah. And this was also, you know, even if streaming wasn't a thing, this was also a huge, huge time for like Napster mm-hmm. and LimeWire and all that, which I will get into a little bit later. I have a little story about that. Sure. Um, so, and also she's a brand new artist. And the thing is, people didn't know what her music was going to sound like. They knew, you know, a, a moment like this and Before Your Love. And I believe Miss Independent came out maybe like a few days before the album dropped. But other than that, People didn't know anything. They were, you know, was this going to sound like stuff like that there? Who knew?
1: Yeah. And Honestly. people even, you know, whether it be 2020 or in 2003, people have short attention spans yeah. and she had been sort of out of the limelight for a good solid six plus months. And so that is plenty of time for people to be like Kelly, who, I don't remember what she did. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I care about this? So the fact that she is a brand new artist Sells nearly three hundred thousand copies of a debut album in the first week. You have to understand that uh, Kelly RCA, nineteen management, even Fox. There was a ton riding on this record. It had to be successful, and you know, for for all intents and purposes, they hit it out of the ballpark in the first yeah. week. Uh, it, again, a number one, uh, debut album, uh, has sold millions of copies, uh, in the U S since, uh, and as far as the reviews, uh, Rolling Stone gave it three out of five stars, uh, Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus, And generally the reviews were pretty good. I mean, you had a couple of your outlier publications who were kind of haters. Um, but you also have to probably take into account that they didn't watch the show and so they probably didn't know what to expect from this particular artist but if you watched idol and this is sort of kind of getting to uh, the rap of the album first but if you watched idol and then you listened to the thankful record you got exactly what you thought you were going to get from Kelly because yeah. this is by and large her most soulful album probably until meaning of life meaning
0: of life absolutely i was just about to say like I was going to say meeting a life in that are tied, but they're soulful in different ways. Yeah. This is more classic 90s um, soulful kind of sound.
1: Yeah, and we'll explain why it's more of a classic 90s soul sound here in just a little bit. Uh, another fun fact for you, Pam. This album was not released in Brazil, and we know oh. how ravenous the country <laughs> of Brazil is for Kelly. Yes. They didn't get this album until December of 2006. What? So three and I, a why? half years later. Which would have been passed when Breakaway, breakaway. came out?
0: Yeah, wait. What? Do you do you know why? I did not know this.
1: I mean, it's it's probably just a distribution thing or a, an exposure thing, but if, yeah. For and and I have no idea because I I tried to look ahead and figure out when Brazil got the Breakaway record and I couldn't find that information. I'm sure it's out there mm. somewhere.
0: If anyone listening is from brazil can you like tweet us or like email us if you have any idea or if, you know if you go back and be like oh yeah i bought that in 2007
1: mm-hmm. that'd be
0: great for us because i yeah, had no idea
1: yeah and i mean a lot of the overseas market didn't get it until late 2003 but yeah brazil was wow. very behind
0: that's <laughs> wild because they're usually yeah. really uh, yeah they're usually really on top of pop music specifically
1: yeah um, exactly so really
0: shocking that would not fly now
1: no it would not There's also a Japanese version of the album that does contain one additional song. Uh, It has Kelly's cover of natural woman by Aretha Franklin. Now, if you are not interested in going on eBay and trying to track down the Japanese version so that you can get the one with the extra tracks, you don't have to worry about it because that version of that song is actually relatively easy to find. Uh, I do believe it's on the American Idol Greatest Moments CD, which is the yeah. compilation CD they put out after the season was over. And that one also has uh, Kelly's cover of Respect. And then it's got the two uh, winner singles on it. And then it's got a bunch of, you know, it's got songs by the rest of the cast. And then there's like I think there's an all all sing sort yeah. of uh, track on there as well. So that version of Natural Woman is readily available in the U S you don't have to go and try to find an expensive import just to get that version of the album. Uh, but if you're a collector like me, uh, maybe you do want to do that. Uh, the other interesting fact about this album is that this is the one and only album of Kelly's that was an enhanced CD. Do you remember those Pam? I'm
0: going to date myself and say no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So enhanced CDs were things that kind of came out shortly after like Napster started to become a thing and it was a way to put even more uh, value into buying an an album. And a lot of times albums would have a lot of, okay, I'm going to get really, really in the nitty gritty here. So a disc, a a physical compact disc has only so much available space. It's, it's very much like a, a, a flash drive or a, a hard drive it's got a certain amount of space available and re- just depending on how long your record is it will take up a certain amount of actual uh t- byte space on the album and also physical space like if you've ever you know took out a cd and you turned it over a lot of times you can see where the actual album is and where it ends yeah. and so the thankful record clocks in at about 45 minutes which gives the rest of the album, about a third of the space still to put data. And so what some record companies started to do is these enhanced CDs where they would put actual computer data on it. You could put the album into your computer and it would pop up this little window and you could watch videos. It was sort of like, I mean, it was sort of like a, a tiny version of an artist's website on the disc.
0: I need to go back and do this.
1: Well, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. You, uh, But there was a a lot of different extras depending on the record label, the artist, you know, what there was available. Uh, I mean, it was a cool little thing because especially back in the early 2000s, a lot of us were putting our CDs into our computers to burn them or we were just using them to uh, get the extra information. And on the Thankful album, I do believe you were able to watch the two first videos before your love in a moment like this. And then there was like, you know, links to tour dates and, you know, that kind of stuff. However, uh, after a while, you were not able to access all of the information anymore because the record labels essentially shut it down because they, I mean, those did connect to uh, some, some things like on servers. And so it doesn't pull the data down anymore. That said, I also, I mean, I've got both a Windows and a, a, a Mac computer. I can't physically put this in anything and watch it because first of all, it was designed for Windows computers And my, my windows machine doesn't even have a CD player in it. So, so I can't even pull this up to tell you to confirm that I can't see any of the stuff in here, but it's there. And in fact, if you, if you look at your thankful CD and when I say, look at your CD specifically, it was the first year that they pressed the album. Okay. So if you buy a version from Amazon or something today, it probably won't even have this stuff on it, but if you look right. really, really closely on the inside of this, on the on the backside of the CD, you can actually physically see where the data is on the CD. There's a there's a definite uh, mark that separates the audio from the actual computer data.
0: That's All right, that was. I mean, super I, nerdy. No, that's cool. No, no, it's cool. I mean, let's be honest. I may have watched that, but I don't think I've used my thankful CDs since maybe 2006. Yeah. So I could have suppressed that memory That's really cool though and I wish they (laughs) did more of that I really do, that's cool But like, I I get why they do not it's so much more extra work Where people really aren't using CDs Like you said, my laptop does not have a CD drive anymore So it's it's almost like what's the point But that's cool
1: Yeah and and the record labels tried to do all kinds of different things They tried to do something called a dual disc Which was the two-sided CD I've got a few of those And they, they tried all kinds of stuff Especially when Burning became uh, and file sharing became a big thing. They were doing anything they could to add more value to people buying the CDs. And this is the enhanced CD is sort of the start of that.
0: Speaking of burning, so I think I had mentioned before that, you know, I was not an immediate Kelly fan. I became like a super fan in 2004. Mm-hmm. So those first two years, you know, I know that's taboo to say, but I was not a <laughs> I was not a huge Kelly fan. How that dare being said, you? I know, how dare I? Um, that being said, I remember in 2003 my sister made me a mixtape with or mix CD rather with just like a bunch of random songs that were out at the time including a moment like this in Miss independent. And also I asked specifically for the super random for the uh, live performance of bridge over troubled water by Clay Aiken from American (laughs) Idol. (laughs) I had to throw that in there. It's great. Anyway, Miss independent though, there was a thing though, that I don't know if anyone listening has had this experience, but you were not able to get the legit Miss independent file from any file sharing site. It would not play the last bridge and the chorus. It just Mm. did did not exist anywhere. It would only play the chorus on like repeat. So the when I finally got the CD like a year later, I finally heard the full song. That you know, and I my mind was blown. Um, (laughs) I thought it was really funny. I'm like, oh, this is not what you know. The song actually has some like growth to it. It's not just. You know, a verse and the chorus for another two minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so that's why you should not illegally download things, friends. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Are we ready to uh, to get into the individual tracks, or do you have any more fun facts you want to share?
0: If I have any other fun facts, I'll probably they'll probably pop up in those random times, and I'm just going to shout them out. So let's go track by track. <laughs> let's do it.
1: All right, let's do it. We are off in the tracks of Thankful. And the first one is uh, The Trouble With Love Is. Uh, This was actually the third single from the album. And I still love this song. It is so smooth. It is so soulful. And it is probably in my top 10 of my favorite Kelly songs.
0: Really? That's so interesting.
1: I love this I song do love so it.
0: much. It's a great ballad. Um, it really I is. Think it, it's the thing. I think it is really underrated. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I would have put it first on the album. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have made it a single. But I think I'm assuming they made it a single probably because of the tie in with Love Actually. I could be wrong. Yep. Um, I personally probably would not have made it a single, though. I think it's good. But it, I mean, as far as the three singles go, I think it probably performed the worst. Um, That's not because it's bad or anything. It's just, that's just the way it was received. Um, But I think it's a great ballad and um, it's soulful and it, it, you know, there's not too much going on. It really just focuses on the actual vocal itself, which I think is good and rare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was interesting uh, notes about this song in that it was, now it's not uncommon for a song to be constructed in many different locations. You know, you can uh, you can record you know instruments in one city and vocals in another and and BGVs in another city. And I looked at the information about this song. Five different cities. This oh song god. took to record. <laughs> so, oh
0: my who god, knows? how many how many
1: uh, countries is it all in the U.S.? I believe it was mostly in the U.S. It could have been one additional country. I would probably have to actually go back and look.
0: Oh, I have it pulled up right now. I have it pulled up. Yeah. So it was uh, Hit Factory, New York City, Record Plan in LA, uh, The Enterprise in Burbank, and The Loft Recording Studio in Bronxville, New York. Oh, Strings were in Philly. That's crazy.
1: That was another thing that I, I was surprised to learn when I was doing my research about the record is that there is a lot of strings on this album, but they are so subtle But now that I think about it and I went back and I've I've listened to this record, you know, half a dozen times in the last week. And there was one time where I just closed my eyes and I listened and I listened for the instruments. And I realized how many songs contain strings and how much we would actually miss them if they were gone. Because they do add that subtle layer to so many of the songs on this album.
0: And it's not yeah, it's not necessarily an album that I think of as like a heavy string, um, not at all. I think yeah. you know, if I think of a string album, I think of some songs in like my December maybe, but we won't yeah. get into that. But no, I, I definitely um I probably need to take a closer listen.
1: Yeah, and I this can't song, even really
0: think of anything off the top of my head that's very string heavy.
1: And this song is also the first of four songs on the album that Kelly has a writing credit. Ooh. Yeah, she uh, will. Those will get more and more as her career progresses. But yeah, there's there's four songs on this album where she does get credit for writing. And the second one also happens to be the second track on the album. And it was the first single. And that is the ever popular Miss Independent.
0: Excellent. So Uh, good.
1: Yeah. And this is the one where and we again, we've we've spoken about this on the podcast before about how Kelly was not aware that Christina Aguilera was a co-writer yeah. on this song until well after the fact.
0: I think uh, she was reading the liner notes when she got the album and saw that, which is so yeah. crazy. I would be yeah, mad, but also really excited at the same time.
1: Like, how does how does that not come up when you're in the studio and she says, uh, you know, oh, I, I've got an idea for, for this, you know, these bars or, or something like that. And someone just nudges her and say, Yeah, you go go get that co-writing credit with Christina Aguilera. Like, how did that not come up to her?
0: Honestly, I I don't know. It's really annoying. My the one cool thing about the song is that I think it's Kelly's most diverse song with a little mm-hmm. abstract. Because over the years, she obviously plays it at every single show of hers, but it yep. has changed so much over the last what 18 years 17 18 years yeah and you know a lot of it probably has to go you know credit to jason halbert her musical director and my favorite version i don't know about yours my favorite version was the 2007 my december tour version where he did this really cool remix it had like it had like kanye west i think it had some outcasts maybe was it was it Zeppelin I think
1: yep there's um, some AC/DC in there too
0: ACDC yeah it's just so cool and he even went ahead like a year or two later and put it up on SoundCloud I don't know if it's still there we'll have to take a look for that yeah and I know he I, basically, have a at, I have a coffee he basically yeah. asked people hey like try to guess how many samples are in here and it was so cool and if we can find it we'll definitely like post it up on on socials it's definitely worth hearing
1: on that tour did she start the show with that
0: no, she she started. It was like an Irvine kind of situation, and oh, okay. then it popped yeah, open yeah. Oh, into right. one one minute. I think
1: that's right. Yeah, because I remember seeing that version of the song in concert, and just it blew my mind. It's so good. Yeah, it's I kind of really, want her really to good. bring it
0: back, and I mean, not the exact same way, obviously, but like yeah. something similar to that. I do love oh, the way it. it's it's coming out, but I like how it kind of updates each tour. It's exciting, yeah. and we don't expect it.
1: In addition uh, to uh, this being another Kelly writing credit, this is also the first instance where Kelly is officially credited on an album as doing her own background vocals.
0: And she's famous for doing
1: this. Yeah, she's famous for doing it. She does it almost now on nearly every album uh, or nearly every song on the album. But uh, this is the first time it happens uh, on a Kelly album. And then we're going to have a lot of first times this happens on a Kelly album with this particular record. But yeah, this is the first time she's credited as the background vocalist on the song. And it was actually co-written by this guy named Rhett Lawrence. um, And he's got a couple of appearances on the record. And he also worked with Mariah Carey. He produced vision of love, which is one of her best songs. He worked with Houston, Paula Abdul, 98 degrees, Gladys Knight. And then later on, in Kelly's career, he and she would work together again because he wrote the song Go, which they used for the fourth really? campaign. Yeah.
0: <gasps> That's so, so cool. He's a good guy. He has great, great taste. I love Yeah, Go. he really
1: does. hes I mean, he's worked with the who's who in the music industry and is a really well-respected guy. So this is sort of the start of the theme that Kelly is working with the best of the best on this album. Um, you're going to hear us talk a lot about a lot of the names that are on this album and We'll say about how, you know, how great this record was, but also there was a lot of missed Potential and we'll get uh, we'll get more into that uh, as we go on. You you have anything else about uh,
0: Miss Independent Independent and also a little bit with the trouble with love is I think these two music videos in particular, I mean, not much happens in either one. The trouble with love is I'm just going to backtrack very quickly. You know, it's she's on a rooftop singing and there's just a bunch of you know teenagers fighting and love actually clips the music video is nothing special but the her look and and then well miss independent it's just like a fun house party nothing yeah. major but they're both good videos but it looks her, like it looked
1: like Fiona Apple's criminal video if yes! she was actually having a good time
0: if she, if Kelly was actually drinking or <laughs> stoned or something
1: <laughs> if she wasn't
0: but she's probably on like red bull or something Yeah. Um, anyway but um, her appearance in those two videos are probably my favorite look of hers ever. I don't know if this is me being selfish because I'm brunette, but I am the number one uh, fan of Kelly bringing back her brown hair. Um, I'm also loving right now that she's growing out her roots. I'm like, yes, keep going. Anyway, (laughs) but I love that in the Trouble with Love is Video, she has this like – brownish it's almost reddish hair that we, i don't we don't really ever see again and mm-hmm. she has this huge like christina Aguilera stripped like huge nose ring and <laughs> i'm i'm all for it it's very mid2000s um and then miss independent her hair is just like brown it's just nice and wavy it kind of well Mine's not brushed right now. Kind of looks like mine a little bit. Mine were actually done. And those two videos in particular are my favorite looks of hers ever. Sorry, yeah. I know it was 18 years ago. It's not a matter of, you know, you know, weight or whatever. I just love the hair. That's yeah. my thing. I'm all well, about hair.
1: And speaking of looks that I really love, I really love the look from the video of the third song on the record, and that is ah. "Low." It is just a, that's a solid look for me too. In fact, that yeah. used to be when I was on the, uh, when I was on the Kelly Clarkson Express for the longest time, my avatar was a screenshot from the low video.
0: Nice. You can yeah. tell that it was filmed right ra- like right around when from Justin to Kelly was filmed because it's that same like short kind of layered choppy yep. hair with the highlights. You can totally tell it was when within the same f- few months, but her, she's wearing, like, an Aerosmith shirt, mm-hmm. and this is also, the music video is the very first time we're going to see, we're going to see it many times throughout her career, that she's performing live with her band in a video. That is a yeah. staple that she will continue to do forever. <laughs> this is the first although, time, though.
1: Although you can go through that uh, that video and try to pick out a band member, and now you probably couldn't even guess, because they were just, no. I think they were mostly studio guys at that point.
0: I think so. I don't think we rig like, really, I don't think, like, her solid crew her core band started until probably Jason, which was a year or so later to I maybe mean, two two years. I don't even know how many years later, but only a few later.
1: Yeah. Pretty much until she started touring the record is when, you know, Jason jumps on and then we start to get some of the names that we remember and know exactly. Uh, so yeah, so low is the third song on the album. It was the second single from the record. This is still another song that I absolutely love. I wish so it good. would have more appearances in some of the, the more current day concerts. Um, I it was agree. was
0: it was it miniial life tour where she threw it in or no yeah she,
1: she, I, or but, it, but was it a uh or I'm
0: not uh, which I think there was one tour I, I don't think it was menial life there was one no she it wasn't miniial life she did a, another tour of hers though she threw it in for the medley, I think so she sang like a minute of it
1: yeah she did like a, a minute of like older songs
0: yeah I forgot which tour it was um I think she for the stronger winter tour I think she did the trouble with love is but I don't remember I think she did low at some point
1: yeah <laughs> Uh, So this song was written by Jimmy Harry, and he would actually go on to write with Kelly again. He wrote for uh, the Breakaway album, and he wrote the song I Hate Myself for Losing You. Uh. And yeah, and this is another person who is a well-respected songwriter written with a lot of big names, Britney Spears. He wrote Sober by Pink. Uh, He wrote with Clay Aiken, and he also co-wrote RuPaul's one big hit, (laughs) Supermodel.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So again,
1: that. again, pairing Kelly with really, really big songwriters uh, for really, really good songs on this album.
0: Yeah. And I have a, this is really stupid to me, but when this song came out, um, I was very young. I did not know my genres or my musical knowledge. And I had this memory of hearing this in like the supermarket near me. And th- okay, I want to preface that country music did not exist in New York for probably the first 20 years of my life i swear it just was country radio did not exist so i didn't know country music and i remember hearing low thinking it was a country song it's clearly (laughs) not if you listen back it's clearly not but that's what my you know very young brain thought it was but no i think it's a great pop rock song i think it it did well overall but i don't think it did as well as it should have
1: yeah. Yeah. Ultimately the second and third singles low and trouble with love is uh, underperformed as singles because RCA had planned for a fourth and a fifth single. And we know what those were and we'll get to those in just a second. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, you have anything else on low?
0: No, I think that's it. It's a great song. Listen to it. More people it's uh, well, very underrated.
1: We continue with the theme of Kelly working with incredible songwriters. And when you say an incredible songwriter, there is one name that really should come to your, your lips first. And that is Diane Warren. And she wrote the fourth song on the album, which is some kind of miracle. And this is one of those songs that sort of for me defines the sound of the record. It is a soulful album. It's um, it showcases her young voice and how it was growing. And it really is a a smooth, smooth song. I don't know if it was ever single worthy because it wasn't Mm -hmm. considered for a single. And that's where, you know, my first instance of, you know, missed potential for this album. I mean, you have Diane Warren writing for you on a song in this debut album and for it to be a song that, you know, and again, I got to take my too close to it. Kelly fandom hat off is just, it's, it's a good song. It's a good song, full stop. It's not a great song. It's not an incredible song. It's a good song.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I have to. Like, I agree. It's. I think it's good. I don't think it's the most amazing song she's ever done. Um, I have to admit, I usually skip it uh, when I'm listening to the album. Uh, really? It's not bad. Yeah, I usually skip it. It's probably my second to least favorite. It's not for you know any reason that it's bad. I just, I don't know honestly, the first, most of the song bores me a little bit until we get to the bridge and that final chorus where it's just huge and super powerful. Um, I don't know. I know I might get a lot of hate for that. But (laughs) it's cool, though, about Diane Warren because didn't Kelly sort of work with her again a couple years ago on that uh, this is for my girl song, the one with Michelle Obama. I think she was on that.
1: I believe so. Yeah. Um,
0: So that was kind of cool, full circle moment. Um, yeah, it, I definitely don't think it would have been a crazy successful single, um, not because it's not good. I just don't think it was radio friendly.
1: It really wasn't, unfortunately. No. I, again, you know, we w- you and I both have a lot of love for these songs. But at the same time, you know, if you're going to be objectionable uh hosts and fans i mean you have to call a spade a spade and it was just a good song not you know anything that stands out nothing that you know anyone's really missing at shows uh it's just sort of there and it's it's one of those songs that again it defines the sound of this album and you know you can instantly tell just even by her her vocals what era this is
0: for sure. Absolutely.
1: So yeah, not much to say about some kind of miracle no. and, and kind of the same <laughs> thing with, uh, with what's up lonely, uh, which is our fifth song on the album. I uh, love this
0: song. This is I a really good song. Do.
1: This is a really good song. Um, it's a fun kind of, uh, flirty, s- another soulful song. Um, Again, Kelly isn't does the, her own backgrounds on this one.
0: Isn't this the song that Jason Halbert is obsessed with and has been trying to get Kelly to perform for the last like fifteen years?
1: That sounds is that familiar? familiar. It sounds. I think familiar. it is. Yeah. Uh, for anyone You'll listening, a...
0: Jason Jason Halbert is Kelly's musical director, and I'm pretty sure it's this song that like every tour that comes up, like someone always tweets him, and he's always like, "Oh, maybe this will be the year of like of." Uh, what's up lonely and i'm pretty sure he just wants kelly to sing it live and i don't think she has since like 2005 i could be wrong or 2006 maybe um but maybe you know maybe one year for christmas kelly can just like record herself performing it or something be like jason let's just do it once get it out of my system you'll get it out of your system and then we'll just call it quits i think it's a fun song um again it's a good song i don't think it was radio friendly um but i really do love it
1: Yeah, and it's another one of those songs that really sort of, it starts out nice and smooth, and then it picks up as the song goes. Yeah. And by the end of it, you know, the vocal is just so good. And, you know, for somebody who is recording her debut album and is new to the industry, um, the strength of her vocals in this song in particular is worth remarking because it is so good. Yeah. Yeah. it is a song that, you know, I, I smile every time it comes on. It's it, it kind of feels like it's one of those songs that the mass audience of the world doesn't appreciate and doesn't even think twice about but the fandom has a soft spot in their hearts for it it's just one of those Absolutely. really good songs that, that again feel makes good. this uh, yeah it's a feel good song that makes this a really good album
0: jason if you want to start a petition for you know 2021 we can try to get kelly to sing it in vegas i'm on board <laughs> i will co-sign that with you
1: <laughs> at the very least the very least let's let's get her to sing it on the on the show
0: the, on the show yes cuz let's yes. be honest who knows if, when and when vegas is happening
1: yeah exactly all right, so uh, we'll move on to track number six on the album, which is Just Missed the Train. And this is the first of the two songs that were supposed to be singles. Oh, uh, this was so actually supposed to be the fourth single on the album. And it was written by a woman named Danielle Breeze Boys. I am gonna, I know I'm butchering her last name. It's like Bree Boy. And, Bree Boy, yeah. Yeah, and she is on more than one song on the album in fact she does background vocals on low but she's also oh, cool. a very yeah she's also a very good songwriter and she's an actress uh Danielle was on the uh 70s and 80s TV show All in the Family Really and she, yeah and then she became a singer and a songwriter um nice. so yeah just again these these interesting people that that the record label like cobbled together to work with Kelly on this record is just, it blew my mind. The more research that I did about this, Um, you know, this song, the the one thing I always think of with this song, I like this song. It's, it's another one of those songs, kind of like some kind of miracle where um, it's okay. I I agree that this probably should, should not have been released as a, as a radio single. I just don't think it had the like umph. Um, But the one part of the song that I always think of is the clever, uh, part where they're coming out of one of the choruses and she elongates that note in the word train to sound like a train horn.
0: Wait, what? <laughs>
1: you, have you never noticed this?
0: No. There's no, a there's a part I believe all.
1: I believe it's the first instance and this is where we're we're sort of handcuffed as a podcast we can't play songs but um there's a part out of the first course where she says, just miss the train and she drags out that note. And if you think about it, it sounds like a train horn. You have to go back and listen to the Are you just song. like
0: thinking of that or is that real? All I, right. I, I think,
1: I think it was I, intentional. I mean, I
0: knew, I know, I know what note you're, you're talking about.
1: I really think I it, it was intentional.
0: Um, Cause like, I know yeah. exactly. Huh? I don't know. I I love this song. Um, Yeah, I I, really
1: do think that they meant to do it.
0: Interesting. I love this song and I definitely, um, it's funny. I actually thought this actually could be a really good single. Maybe, you know, from your radio uh, input, you know, maybe it wouldn't have done well. But I think this is the one song that always gets stuck in my head, even though I don't listen to it very often. Mm -hmm. My only issue, if if it was a single, I don't know if it's too similar to Low if that makes any sense. Like obviously they don't, they don't sound exactly the same, but the melodies are a little similar and I don't, I didn't want, you know, people to be like, Oh, it's low 2.0. But, um, I think it's a great song. Um, and I think this is the one that she did on the meaning of life tour in the medley. And I was very excited about that (laughs) because I, I had never seen a life before. And, you know, getting that one minute in, I was like, check that off the list.
1: Got yeah, it. yeah, because she does it, and in fact, I think she leads off the medley with it. Um, yes. Because it was, it was just missed the Train." It was "Beautiful Disaster," "Sober," "Good Goes the bye. and then would you call that love?
0: Yes, that was the medley. That, that went into then it, I think went into "Run, Run, Run." I think I could uh, be wrong. We're gonna we're, we're we're we'll 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 talk about Meaning Life Tour. Yeah, some
1: yeah, other we'll get, day. we'll get there. We'll get there down the yeah. road. Um I actually we'll think more it, I, I think researched. it was the I think the medley actually led into the Minute and a Glass of Wine segment.
0: Maybe you're right. I don't if remember. If I remember I mean, correctly. My brain is crap.
1: <laughs> it's crap. It's uh, too early. Speaking <laughs> of beautiful disaster, the seventh track on the album, this is this one gets my official stamp of should have been a single.
0: Interesting. I have a very different opinion on this song.
1: This, I mean, look, this is a fan favorite. Um, it is one of those songs that I, when I first listened to the album, I remember this being a standout song. And I thought to myself, that's a great song. That's got a, a solid hook. Um, music, musically it's well put together. And then later on, when I did my proper research, I figured out why. And that was that it was written and produced by Matthew Wilder. And Matthew Wilder was actually an artist in the eighties. He had a pretty big hit with a song called break my stride. Um, if you ever look it up, uh, Hmm. it's a great song. Uh, but he, again, here's another one who has a huge resume of people. He wrote for Christina Aguilera. He wrote for Miley Cyrus. He produced for no doubt tragic kingdom. Like that's His fingerprints are all over that album. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: Um, so he, this is his one contribution to the record is Beautiful Disaster. And I know that it is a fan favorite. Um, it was a staple for a while in concert set lists. Yeah. Um, we all know that it ended up as a live version on Breakaway, which was still a head scratcher for me, but I'm not going to be mad at it because I loved the song so much. Um, I Look, putting my radio hat on, I understand why it wasn't a single. I think that. It's a great song, but the vocals are just not quite there. Just yeah. not quite. Yeah. Like I th- I think if she were to have recorded this song, like break away all I ever wanted eras, it could have been better. And like her yeah. vocals would have been stronger and they would have had a little more richness to them. Um, it's still a great song. I still love it. I still think it should have been a single. I would have even picked this over uh, Trouble With Love Is as a single.
0: Interesting. See, it's funny you mention that because this is my least favorite on the album by far. Wow. But wow. not because it's a bad song. It's because of the vocals. I think the vocals, compared to her other songs, are incredibly weak. And I think, I could be wrong, I think she realized that she sings it a hell of a lot better live and that's why she put it on Breakaway. People, So I, I could be wrong. But I always skip it and I will always take the live version over this one. But the funny part... Yeah, the funny part is that um, a friend of mine from college, Alexa, if you're listening, hey, um, she posted on Facebook a few days ago that um, she posted a link to this song on from YouTube, I think, and said, can everyone agree with me that Kelly's album, Thankful, is one of the best pop vocal albums of all time? And I was like, okay, sure, I'll go with that. But I was confused why she put this song, because I don't think this is her strongest vocal at all. But... It's funny, I remember growing up um, seeing friends of mine with their iPods. They weren't just like big Kelly fans, but they had, you know, Miss Independent, A Moment Like This, and super mm-hmm. Gone. This was always there, and I don't know why. This song was always on everyone's iPod, and I'm mm-hmm. like, really, guys? Like, I, I, It's it's not a bad song, but I can argue that she has better ones, Um, you know, better track songs. Um, so that's where I'm at. I, I don't know. I might get hate for that, but I will
1: <laughs> always skip
0: it. I will take the live I love the live version that I I, I love that so much. Um,
1: I I remember at my shows for Meaning of Life tour uh the two songs in the medley that got the biggest reactions and and I I don't remember now she also had Because of You in the uh in the medley. Um but the two songs that got the biggest reaction were Just Miss the Train and Beautiful Disaster. And I mean She never sings them anymore. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. the fact that I mean Beautiful Disaster got a huge. Huge response, which sort of like made the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I thought, okay, these are our people in here. You know, it's not just moms bringing their little daughters. I mean, this was like these were fans who came to this show because they heard the first couple notes and they just lost their Evan Levin minds.
0: Yeah. And I really think it's it's really interesting, even if they're if they are not hardcore fans like a lot of people. That. They just know this one song. Like I, I don't know what it is. I, was it like a free iTunes single back in two thousand three? I don't know. Yeah. But everyone had this on their iPods that I knew, and I never got it. But I was like, you know what? If you're <laughs> if you support her and you're a fan, I'll take it.
1: All right, that brings us to track number eight on the album, and this is again where Pam and I diverge, uh, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take the separate roles from what we had on Beautiful Disaster yeah. with "You Thought Wrong," which actually was supposed to be the fifth single off of thankful. Uh, but it was, it was scrapped after uh, trouble with love is and low kind of underperformed. Uh, yeah. and that is a, you thought wrong, which features, uh, Tamira gray. Uh, this is my, this is probably one of two of my least favorite Kelly songs of her career. That's, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this
0: is, this is, this is one of my top 10 favorites. <laughs> this
1: is a, th- for me, this is a, this is a skip every single time. Um, <laughs> i I there is just and the and the problem is is that again, going back to there was a lot of potential on this record. This song was co-written by Babyface, okay, Which is crazy uh it was it was Damon Thomas, Babyface, Kelly, and Tamyra. They all wrote on this song. and I'm not saying that Kelly and Tamy don't have and didn't have the writing chops, but this song is just like it's a it's discount, <laughs> the boy is mine. Okay? Oh, don't say that.
0: Don't it, say that. It's just
1: it it just I know what they were going for, but it just it didn't work for me. Uh fun fact by the way, Damon Thomas who's one of the writers <laughs> on this song, he was married uh to Kim Kardashian. Really? Yeah, married they mar- Who married knew? for like 4 years. Uh oh. but m- my thing is is like why a duet with Tamara? OK, um, you know, w- was it to I her, answer that? <laughs> what, like, Was it to throw her a bone because, you know, they were such good friends on Idol and that she deserved better? Maybe this was RCA throwing her a bone saying, hey, we know you're a good singer. You know, we're working with you on an album like let's, you know, let's get you part of this. Um, it just I don't know. The song right. just doesn't work for me.
0: And then for me, it's probably my top 10 favorite of hers. Um, I'm not going to say I'm like an angry person. But I love angry music. Uh, aside from Kelly, my favorite my favorite genres in general are rock, alt-rock, and grunge, which mm-hmm. a lot of people find really weird. You're like, you love Kelly Clarkson, and you also love grunge music. I'm like, well, it happens. <laughs> so when I, you know, that's probably why my favorite songs by her are like, hear me since you've been gone. I love the loud, loud production. I love the insane vocals. I you love cannot be
1: comparing you. You thought okay. Wrong let me f- on and hear me. You can't. You just can't.
0: <laughs> okay, vocally maybe not, but as far as the intensity of the production, there are they are loud songs. They're different. Okay, I'll say they're very different. I I am very excited to see your face when I say this <laughs> statement, but I I'm not going to compare them because obviously one is very superior to the other. But I'd like to think that it's reminiscent of you ought to know.
1: Oh, In def- stop. I- <laughs> just, how dare you? No,
0: I'm how serious. How dare
1: <laughs> you? Wow. When was
0: the last time you listened to You Thought Wrong? Did you
1: listen to it for this prep? I, I did. I listened to it all, <laughs> every time I listened to the record, I listened to that okay. song and I'm just like, this is Diet, the boy is mine.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, I, I don't was know. Just- I'm, I'm just, oh. I, I'm a pop rock sucker. So I, I just think, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it didn't need Tamara. I'm not like you know. I'm not sold on Nestle having her. um And you know her. I don't love you know. I don't hate her vocals, but they don't necessarily do anything for me on this song. They probably thought that Tamara was going to have a bigger recording career than mm-hmm. she did. So they probably were trying to get you know. Let's you know we we know that Kelly's album's going to get a lot of eyes on it. Let's throw in you know, someone that we're also trying to build up right now. That could have been it. Or they just knew that she was a fan favorite. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not going to win this. And I don't think you're going to win this necessarily. No. But I just love how angry it is. And my dream is to hear her sing it one day at a show that you're not at. <laughs> <laughs> just once. I just want to hear it once. And I don't know. Maybe I just have a lot of angst in me. Um, but I just love this. I just, it's so angry. Not. I mean, okay, The boys mind Mine is obviously a lot more R and B driven. Yeah, this is. I just love. I love how loud it is. That's my thing. I think I just love. You know, lyrically, it's not the best. I'll give you that. It's not the strongest lyrically. Yeah, but I just love the heavy production. I'll just go with that.
1: At the end of the song, it's. It happens at about three forty one in the song. I've always wondered this, and maybe you know, or maybe there's fans that do know. Is it or is it not Tamira that actually gives Kelly a little shout out of the phrase "cool beans"? Is that what, what she – you got to go back and listen to the song at 341. I could swear that Tamira goes, cool beans? And that's when they start laughing and they laugh as the song fades out. You know, I, thought, I
0: don't know. I never knew what they said and now I
1: – I always thought she said cool it. beans because that was obviously like Kelly's catchphrase throughout that's Idol. Am-
0: Oh, well, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go listen for that.
1: If, if you think you know what that answer is or if you if you know for certain what it is, by all means, hit us up on social media. Tell us what you think it is or what she's saying. Maybe this is one of those things where we need to figure out how to get a hold of Tamira and be like, what the hell did you say at the end of You Thought Wrong? Because I it's know the she's the like, fandom. what's that song? <laughs> she, yeah, she's I, like, I honestly- <laughs> "What song? <laughs> what is that? I didn't record that. <laughs> All right, so uh, all right, so we obviously differ on you. Ca- mm-hmm. uh, you thought wrong. Uh, the ninth song on the album uh, is actually the same writing team, Sands Tamira, uh, that wrote on "You Thought Wrong." They also wrote "Thankful." Um, this for me was another contender for should have been a single. I love this song. I absolutely love this song. It. I mean, I could, I could dump half of this record, but I would keep this song. Um, I remember seeing this on tour in the early tours and just, it brought a smile to my face. It's just a, it's a happy song. It's, I mean, it, it, there's, there's some cheese and schmaltz factor to it because it, it, it totally is sort of winking at, you know, Kelly singing it to the fans for putting her where she was. And we get that. But if you remove that context, um, it's a it's a fun, it's a cute, and just a great song. I always quote the lyrics around Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was just about to
0: say that. I was like, every Thanksgiving, that's usually the only time of year I, I listen to the song. I don't hate it. I think it's a fun song. It's just, you know, doesn't really do much for me. But every year on Thanksgiving, I watch the um, AOL Sessions version that she did, which I think uh-huh. is, the vocals are insane on that one. Oh, they're so good. Better, they're better than the actual album. So uh, that's my once once a year Uh, Thankful listen Um, I don't think it would have done great at radio Necessarily Mm -hmm. um, In my opinion but It's a great song I feel like it's kind of similar to Some kind of miracle I think they're both really Great songs I usually skip them You know no Hate for them just kind of eh. They're there
1: for me thankful would have Been a good um, final single From the album you know a lot of times when You know you get into the fourth and fifth singles Of a record unless you're apparently Katy Perry early in her career and you're still banging out hits at the sixth and seventh singles or Um, Kelly
0: Clarkson uh, breakaway.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Usually, you know, there's not a lot of expectations for those fourth and fifth singles from albums. Um, So I think that this song would have been able to fit that, you know, they could have tempered the expectations still could have been a good song. I mean, heck they could have even uh, you know, saved it for a time when, you know, the message uh, really resonated with the audience um, this this song sort of hits a, a the f- sort of a, a non clear finish line for me for this album, and this is where I sort of have a lot of my grievances with the album. In that, while they got all of these great producers and great writers uh, on this album, the album feels lazy to me, and I say that because this is the end essentially of the the new songs. From here on out, it's either retread songs or just other songs that they threw on to the debut album. So essentially, the Thankful record is nine brand new songs plus three extras.
0: Well, I can argue with that. I can argue because by the time this album came out, we did not know any time yet.
1: That's true. That's true. It
0: was actually a new song at the time for two months.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yes, yeah, so Anytime, which was the tenth track on the album, um, is actually sort of a retread uh song from the soundtrack from Justin and Kelly. And in the movie, it's actually a duet between the two. And yeah. for the album, they they rework it as a solo song for Kelly. Um it was actually written by Sam Waters, who has a history with working with Idol winners. Uh, he would go on to work with Fantasia and Jordan Sparks. Uh, he wrote a lot of the songs for uh, Color Me Bad, if you know that R&B group from oh, the wow. early 90s. He wrote I Adore Mia "More All For Love. He worked with Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Leona Lewis. And here's a little nod to the future of Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Sam Waters was in a songwriting team, a songwriting and producing team called The Runaways, uh, and there were several people in that group, including Ryan Tedder.
0: Huh. That was before he blew up. I'm guessing.
1: Oh yeah, this is pre. Um, I almost said One Direction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a very different topic. Yes,
1: uh, this is pre One Republic, uh, pre you know Ryan Tedder being the the marquee songwriting name in music. Uh, but so, yeah, so he has a connection cool. with the guy that wrote uh, Anytime, which again uh, was originally recorded as a duet between Justin and Kelly for the movie, and then they reworked the song. Um, I do like this song. Um, this is, for me, this is actually among the strongest vocals on the record.
0: Absolutely, 100%. Such a good vocal.
1: That uh on this song and and it's funny cuz I I listen sometimes to the thankful version and then I go and I listen to the version on the Justin Kelly soundtrack and I'm just like oh Justin kind of ruins this song.
0: You know it's funny like I'm actually happy that it's just her on the on this track. Yes. But I'm kind of surprised they didn't do the Justin version cuz I figured they also wanted to do kind of like what they do with Tamira and just throw on another one of their their artists that they're trying yeah. to to, to a boost. But I'm not complaining because she sounds incredible on this. I mean, it's very schmaltzy, but yeah. she sounds incredible. It's, it is a really strong vocal, and I think it maybe should have been a little bit higher up in the track listing. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Again, I think it's sort of, they put it at the end of the album because they knew it was sort of already a a worked song. And uh, you know they probably just thought, okay, we worked really hard on these first nine songs. All right, make sure you get a solo version of that anytime song. And then uh, we come to what the album lists as the bonus tracks, uh, which are 11 and 12. And it's a moment like this and Before Your Love. Now, to be fair, somebody actually did some work on these songs for this album, because we do get technically new versions. We do, um, yeah. They're they're the mixes of "Moment Like This" and "Before Your Love" are actually different than the ones that are on the Idol winner single.
0: Is it like noticeable?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: oh, I need to listen now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for a moment like this, um, there's a couple of different notes. Uh, I think she—they either took alternate takes or they had her re-sing it.
0: My mind is blown right now.
1: Yeah, it's subtle. It's subtle. Like you—you you almost wouldn't know it. It's more noticeable with "Before Your Love" and specifically the ending. Um, there is a different note that she hits because at the end of the song she says uh, "your love," and or it's "your love." Love. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the version that's on the Idol winner single is a different. She does a completely different note. Like this is an entirely different take, uh, where she she changes the key of the word "your" on the Idol single versus the version that we all know from "Thankful," where it's a lower key. And for me, is the superior version. I mean, I the the one on the Idol single almost sounds like she's yelling the word your and the one, the one on the, the thankful album is more subtle. It It's it smoother fits better, uh, but it is an entirely different version of the song. Although 95% of it is pretty much the same, uh, but they are different mixes.
0: Which version is the one where she has the crazy um, love like note. Or is that both? Is that's it what, just that, your, this, that's different?
1: Um, I think Cause it, the crazy, the crazy note at the end is on the idol single. You have to go then back. That's and the one, to I, that one.
0: Okay. This is proof that I always skip before y- your love. Then on thankful because that's the one that always comes to my, my mind. Oh God. Yeah. Am I a bad fan? I never noticed that.
1: <laughs> You'll need to go after we're done, go back and just listen to the last like 20, 30 seconds of each song. Yeah. Um, In my defense,
0: I prefer a moment like this so much to Before Your Love. So I think I usually. We talked
1: about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess I usually skip it. That's probably why I didn't notice. Yeah. Oh, wow. My mind's going a little bit.
1: And we didn't go into, you know, really talking about the two songs too much when we did our first episode about the Idol recap. But Before Your Love, again, is another song that has big names on it. Desmond Child, who is a legend when it comes to songwriting and Kathy Dennis also wrote on this song and she had a few hits in the nineties. She was kind of a, a dance pop artist. She had a song called just another dream. Uh, she had like three hit singles kind of back to back, uh, in the early nineties. And, uh, so it was cool to see her name associated with Desmond on this song. Other fun fact, bass player on before your love, Randy Jackson.
0: No way.
1: Yes. Of course, most people don't remember that Randy Jackson played bass in Journey. And he's actually Wait, what? Yeah. That's where that's where Randy got his chops. That's why he had the the acumen that he had to be on American Idol was that he was a songwriter and a musician. And he played bass in wow. Journey for years. And then just recently he rejoined Journey. Like he's back in Journey now. Really? Yeah.
0: God. Yeah. My mind is blown. I need to read the liner notes a lot clearer.
1: I clearly don't. Okay. So <laughs> that's um, incredible. So we're going a bit long today with our breakdown of the album. So I do want to get some time in here to talk about the unreleased songs. Um, yes. a lot of people, you know, we, there are many unreleased songs in Kelly's career, but a lot of times people don't think or even know much about the unreleased songs from thankful. Uh, and there were several, there was uh for, at least from our count, there was about six. And, uh, there's uh, songs called uh, What Happened Here, uh, Searching, which of all the songs, I mean, that one sounds the most like the album. I mean, it's very soulful. Um, there's mm-hmm. a song called Part of Me, which I have not heard, but I was wondering I if that was- I have heard it. Is that another retread I, from Justin and Kelly?
0: I don't know, but it, I kind of, the the vocals are good, but the melody is a little boring.
1: Okay, I didn't In know if opinion. it was. I didn't know if it was a reworked version of "Forever Part of Me" from the movie. No,
0: oh no, no, no! Sorry, no, it's not.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad no. to hear that. Uh, no, and "Forever then Part a, of Me" is
0: one of my favorites. So, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh,
1: and then there's a song called "Baby Blue Eyes" uh, that was also, um, the, and I, I bring those songs up because, um, you know, look, we're all we all know what's out there and what's available and what you can find on the, on the internet, but you know, several of those songs are available to find out there. Um, but the two songs I kind of want to talk about, uh, are trace of gold. And today for me, uh, these songs were actually on the album. In fact, they were very, very last minute scraps from the album. Um, they were replaced with a moment like this, And if I remember right, it was, uh, anytime those two songs were substituted for these two songs at the very last minute. And, um, I was mentioning earlier that I really did some detective work because nobody has heard these songs. Nobody, there is no trace of them on the internet. There is no demos. There is nothing. And so I really, I actually wanted to effort if there was any ability whatsoever to hear these songs. And they were both written by a woman named Stephanie Sirocco. Um, and she, she had some minor success um, with some songwriting in her career uh, in the early two thousands, late nineties. Um, there was a nineties a or eighties and nineties uh, R and B group called Lisa Lisa and cult jam. And Lisa Lisa uh, was actually managed by Stephanie. And then Mm. uh, she she did some other writing, you know, mostly for artists that never really became anything. I mean, Kelly was sort of the marquee name on her resume. Um, But again, these songs never surfaced. And unfortunately, I found out that Stephanie passed away just last year. And so I don't know if we will ever hear these songs there. There's a chance that they're in the RCA vaults somewhere. And, you know, when RCA decides that they want to try to make a couple extra bucks off of Kelly's legacy (laughs) and they put out another, you know, greatest hits album and they're going to be like, and here's some never before released. Yeah. Yeah, They may include those songs because I'm sure they're in a vault somewhere. Um, But those were those are the two songs that sort of have the most interesting story because for all intents and purposes. And, and there's even, I think on the Wikipedia page for thankful, there's a mention of these songs yeah. in that in early pressings of the album, if you were to put the album into a computer, the song information for these two songs actually comes up. Like that's how late these songs were taken off the album. Uh, that's crazy. so yeah, which only makes me really want to hear these songs more. Uh, so well, hopefully it's funny. someday we will have
0: well, to say, I was to say last night, uh, jeremy was like sending me the the outline for the show and i was like what demos were there because a lot of you know any of the demos that i was aware of i didn't realize were thankful specific like i thought the baby blue eyes i thought i feel like i once heard someone say that it was about like graham Colton or something (laughs) uh clearly it wasn't i guess um but these two songs that you had just mentioned i wrote back to you and i was like uh i don't think i've ever heard these like you know, do you, do you, do you own these? Like, and you're like, no, no one's ever heard of them. I'm like, well, that explains a lot. And then I went on Wikipedia and I saw that they were mentioned and I'm like, why have I never seen these two titles before? The others I had, but, um, I'm very curious to hear these.
1: For me as a fan, this is sort of the Holy grail of songs of hers that, I would love to hear or or even own, I guess, um, yeah. because they they have just such a legend around them that they. I mean, they were almost on this album uh, to the point where you know Stephanie Sirocco, uh, who wrote the songs, she said in a lot of her information that was that was online that, you know, she wrote for Kelly Clarkson and a lot of times you don't tell people that you write for somebody unless the song actually gets out there because people want to be able to prove that they actually wrote for an artist. So um, these songs obviously uh, were were just a hair away from being released. So I'm very interested uh, to maybe someday be able to get to hear those songs. Uh, OK, so that's uh, that's all of the songs on the album. Uh, some other kind of notable things that I noticed. Uh, Kelly does every artist who writes uh, has their own sort of publishing um, <laughs> moniker Meme. or whatever. And of course, now now I'm saying this off the top of my head, is it it's not songs for my shrink, is it? Yeah. Kelly's publishing credit on this album is listed as copyright control which is interesting to me. So I don't know if that was an RCA thing. Like she doesn't have a publishing name. So we're going to just say, oh, these are controlled by our copyright.
0: She, yeah, she may have not. I mean, I don't know. Like that's one thing in my job that I don't really deal with. I don't deal a ton with the publishing side and like the masters and all that. So I, you know, it's weird. There's not one formula for every artist in every album. Um, it always varies from label to label and artist to artist. So, yeah, I don't know. She may have not even had her own publishing company by by that point. I don't even know if she owns the publishing on on Thankful. For all we know, RCA could own publishing and the master side.
1: Probably. Which, yeah.
0: you know, who knows?
1: Uh, some other fun notes uh, from this album. I mean, if you read the liner notes, we sort of see some OG Names that we all got to know when we were first getting introduced to Kelly, and you know we were reading about her online. So you know you've got the the jebbies and the Ashleys oh, and yeah. the Marys that get thanked in the liner notes. Um, yep. There was a promise in the liner notes to sing a duet with R. J. Helton. Did this ever happen? I don't,
0: I don't think so. I don't know. We'll have I'm to effort go, that like, information. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sh- you know obviously on like Idol they like you know sing duets, but I don't. F- I don't know. Maybe did they do? Well, no, the, the, the idol tour was before this. I have no idea. I want to say yeah. no.
1: Well, if you, if you know of a, a duet that actually happened between the two of them, let us know. Otherwise, uh, Kelly owes RJ a duet.
0: <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Uh, she does emphatically thank, I mean, she thanks everybody on the show, uh, but she emphatically thanks Tamira and Justin. So maybe this gives a little bit of a nod as to why Tamira is on the record. Maybe they were closer friends yeah. uh, than maybe a lot of us knew from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Kelly wanted her as a duet partner on the record. Uh, that could very well be it as well. Uh, it's also very funny to go back and read the thank yous. And see all the RCA people that she would soon Come to blows with
0: Be <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, thanks for giving me, giving me this great opportunity, and then five Years later, you know, yeah. like
1: F you Yeah, exactly
0: Essentially,
1: <laughs> All right, I think we've covered it We've I think we've unearthed just yes. about everything You can talk about with the album, Thankful um, That has been our album Breakdown, uh, we're going to do these Throughout the run of the podcast So we'll, uh, we have to, you know Greatly you know, look these uh, information and and backgrounds up. So they take yeah. a while to do. So uh, in the coming weeks, uh, we'll definitely do a breakaway one. I think the the my oh, December so era, excited. Yeah, the my December era is going to take two episodes. <laughs> Honestly, oh my there is god, so much to unpack from that era in general. There is so, so much.
0: But if if anyone you know, if you're listening to this and you have any comments about the thankful one, you know, things we forgot or just your opinion on things,
1: things we got wrong
0: things we got wrong um, or just tidbits for future track by tracks, things that you think we should be mentioning. Uh, feel free to tweet uh, Instagram or Facebook DM at Miss into podcast. And you can also email us at Miss into podcast at com.
1: And also keep that email address handy because we want you to be sending us your Kelly experiences because we want to have fans on the podcast. And so when you send us your Kelly experiences, give us a story about uh, how Kelly impacted your life, whether it be you know the first time you saw her in concert, maybe you, when you met her or something that she did that really impacted your life. We would love uh, to have you tell your story on the podcast and we'll be doing those uh, here in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Until then, uh, Pam, good to talk with you and see you again as as always. always, same with you. And we will see you next week on Miss Indie Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Woo, bye guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast.
1: Send us your questions and comments to missindypodcast at gmail.com.